Good morning. Let's try this again. How are you? We are so happy to be here this morning. If you would stand up as we begin to praise. Turn around and find somebody that maybe you do know, maybe that you don't. Wave, say hi, no touching. can have a seat. All right, good morning, church. Thanks for coming now. I want to welcome you to Burlington Baptist, and uh, we're excited about uh, two baptisms this morning. First is uh, Maddie, and uh, yeah. This is Maddie and her mom, Samantha, and uh, they have trusted in the Lord and have been able to talk to them a few times. And uh, Maddie, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
And it's my privilege today to baptize you as a sister in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Samantha, and uh, just a little bit of history here. Uh, this is Amy's daughter and uh, Sarah's sister, and they trusted in the Lord earlier this year, and uh, we're excited for them, and uh, you've got some family here today, and uh, thank you for coming to, to witness. Do you know that little girl? I do. <laughs> All right. Samantha, have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. It's my privilege, Samantha, to baptize you this morning as my sister in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel. And we know that when it goes out, that it is able to save to the uttermost. And I thank you for this family, for Samantha and Madeline, Maddie today, I thank you for Amy and Sarah and uh, just uh, what you're doing in that family. It's so exciting to see that, Lord, and I pray that uh, you will use us as a church to love and encourage them. Uh, I pray for those that will come alongside them and teach them your word. I pray for Brother Jeff and Brother Jonathan as they teach your word each week, and uh, we pray that we will bear much fruit for your glory, and we thank you for your great salvation today. And we invite you, we pray that you would save others this morning, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Seated, and good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. I shared this in the first service, and I don't want it to sound like gloating, but this week I got to do the one thing that I haven't been able to do in all my years. There's a lot of years that we go to Florida for uh, spring break with the youth or for a conference. This week was the first time that I was down there when it actually snowed here and I was in 80 degree weather. Like I said, this isn't gloating, but thank you for letting me have that and, and be assured that I was praying for you all morning long. Is the, Yeah, yeah, from my heart. No, it's been a great week and a great two weeks in student ministry. We've been able to uh, get away, do our spring break with the kids, and um, had some great worship, um, great Bible study down there. And then on Monday, uh, several of us went down from the student ministry department. And we were a part of a conference all day at First Baptist Church, and we appreciate your prayer support and for the church allowing us to be able to do that. And today, um, as I stand up here, I just want you to know, if you haven't already noticed, we are a blessed church. Amen? And you can clap for that. And we celebrate the victories and we celebrate those that come to know Jesus Christ. And today, if you're a guest that's been with us, we just want to say welcome to you. It's just our privilege to have you join us for worship today. It's our goal always that when we're in worship, that we provide you the opportunity to start your week off right and let you and God have a little me time. And that's our hope today. We have a lot of things going on in the life of our church. We've got people that are fighting battles, uh, both health-wise and financial-wise, and we know that this is the place that we bring that to. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to lift each other up. So I encourage you to do that. If you are a guest today, we ask just one thing. 
that you give us an opportunity to meet you. Whether you're online or you're actually in the house today, give us an opportunity just to meet you personally and give a chance for us just to share with what the church family can offer you. And along those lines, if you are a guest today or if you've had questions about Burlington Baptist Church, today is a great day because following this service, immediately downstairs in the conference room, we're going to be hosting what we call Next Steps. And in that Next Steps time, we have lunch and we kind of sit around and we talk about not only the ministries of the church, but the direction that God has led us in and it allows you to be able to ask the questions. So if you want to stay around, um, definitely come back in the foyer out to the guest, the guest desk and they can make sure you get down there. If it doesn't fit into your schedule today, call the office this week and let us know and we can set up another Next Steps class just so you can be a part of that because, um, like I said, we're a blessed church like so many other churches and we have God walking beside us and it would be just our privilege to have you join us in that walk every day. One of the things that's going on this week, it's new, next Saturday, from 10 to 12, there is going to be a thing called Morning Moves for Ladies, and that's going to happen over in the Activity Center. It's stretching and movement-based exercise, and we just encourage you to come and be a part of that. It's free. You just show up for it. Danny and I determined that next Saturday morning, our morning move was going to be where, Danny? To the donut shop. The donut shop. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Have you seen the line at that Dunkin' Donuts shop? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to go someplace else. But any men that want to go and do their morning moves, we'll meet you at the donut shop. How's that? You drop your wives off here, and then you come on up. No, but they're going to be doing this. It's just a great way to get to exercise, but also fellowship with some ladies, get to know some of the people at church. So if you've not been a part, don't worry. Nobody has. This is brand new to the church, and we're excited about it. So make sure you're a part of that. And, of course, this week, I think, is the end of Kids Rock. The last Kids Rock meeting is this coming Wednesday night. And then we get ready for vacation Bible school over the next couple of weeks. Summer's coming, and that means there's a whole lot coming online for the church. And we ask that if you want to be a part of any of those things, just let us know. You'll see sign-ups and things going out. But we're so blessed in this church because we're able to do so many things. But today is about God. And right now, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer as we get ready for worship. Heavenly Father, we're thankful we can come into the, your house today. And Father, what, no matter what it looks like outside, we can feel the warmth and the sun of your presence. And Father, today, most of all, we want to make this day about you. For us to be able to offer you back our praise offering and our worship to the great Father that you are. And God, while all the battles are being raged around us, whether they're in our church family or outside of the house, while the struggles go for health needs and concerns, Father, we lift up all the individuals that are facing that. We lift up the doctors and the nurses that are attending to them, and we just ask that you would guide them as only you can. You are the great physician. And Father, today, as we gather in this place for worship, let us be mindful that your presence too. Let us just feel the Holy Spirit move among us today and give us a sense of just belonging to you. And if there's anybody here that has a question about your son, Jesus Christ, we pray that they will ask that question so they can come to know your son as their personal Lord and Savior, as the two have demonstrated today through baptism. 
Father, we don't take for granted the opportunity to come into your house today. And we say thank you. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we can say all these things because of the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, one more time, if you'll please stand with us again to praise. Go ahead and take a seat.
Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. Everybody fought through the fog to get here this morning, uh, and it's good to see you. Uh, we've been singing this morning about uh, fear, and fear causes worry and all sorts of other stuff. The Bible tells you a bunch of times, 365-ish, that uh, you shouldn't fear and that you shouldn't worry. So um, we, Harold and I talked Tuesday kind of about going out and spreading the gospel, and that's the biggest kind of thing you hear is, is I'm kind of scared. Of course, we're scared of other things, or we're nervous. We're going to say the wrong thing. But, but uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to let you mess up sharing the gospel, I promise. You're not going to say everything right, and you're not going to have all the answers. Nobody does. But uh, the Bible tells you don't be scared about it. It's what we're supposed to do. So we're going to sing a little bit more about that. I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God You split the sea so I could walk right through. 
Let's pray this morning. Father, we come this morning and we just want to thank you that we can be your child and that we can call you Father, that we can come through faith in your son Jesus and we can be brought into your family. What a privilege that is. What a privilege it is to gather with brothers and sisters this morning and lift up the name of Jesus, to talk about the power that's in the blood of Jesus, to talk about the truths of your word that we don't have to live as slaves, but we can come into your family. Thank you for that. Lord, we pray this morning that your word would go out in a strong way. Lord, we know when your word goes out, it accomplishes its purposes. And so we come with excitement this morning because your word will be proclaimed. The gospel is the power, your power unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so we pray that you would grant us ears to hear and receptive hearts. Lord, I pray that you might save someone this morning, that they would become a child of God and uh, like Maddie and and Samantha, they can uh, boldly proclaim you as Lord. We pray you would do that. Uh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Help me to be a clean vessel this morning. May you get all the glory for all that you accomplish. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Acts chapter 16 this morning. And it's good to see you. And... Uh, we're kind of on day 15 of 40 days of prayer uh, for our efforts to take the gospel to every home in our neighborhood this summer. And so we're doing 40 days of prayer, six evangelistic sermons, some Bible studies. Uh, and then we're going to go out there and uh, be summer missionaries. And uh, man, some of you all have gotten me excited because you say, I want to be a part of that. And I've uh, been able to do some evangelism training. And I uh, want to do a lot more of that in May and June. Uh, next Sunday, May the 2nd, uh, we're going to have prayer at 3 o'clock, kind of midway in our 40 days. And then we're going to pack uh, the materials. Or we're going to start packing the materials. And uh, so I'd love for you to come out and help us with that. We've got gospel tracks and uh, DVDs and information about the church, information about the gospel. And, uh, and so we'll start that next uh, Sunday. And uh, you can go ahead and sign up. There's certain dates that we're going to uh, we're going to take those materials out. And if you sign up, we'll get you a T-shirt, and uh, we'll equip you, train you. We'll send you out with leaders. Uh, we'll do everything we can to help you feel comfortable taking the gospel. And uh, so I'm excited. Uh, we're going to start the, the the distribution in June, right before Bible school, and uh, you're invited to be a part of that. And uh, so this morning, Acts chapter 16, and uh, we're going to look at verses 25 through 34, 
and kind of see the bottom line of faith in Jesus. And so if you'll stand with me, we'll honor God's Word together. Good to, good to see you all this morning. The, the Kindles are celebrating 69 years today, and so uh, that's pretty exciting. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Thank, thank the Lord for godly examples of marriage. Uh, good to see Jim with us this morning and uh, answered prayers over here. And some folks from Mississippi, thank you all for joining us today. And some other visitors, thank you. It's exciting to be in the house of the Lord together. All right, so Acts 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. All right, you may be seated, and uh, we ask the Lord to bless his word and that we might be able to rejoice with those who believe in Jesus. And so let me set the stage. Uh, verse 24 tells us that Paul and Silas, they're, they're in prison. Uh, they're chained up. Their feet are in uh, stocks. And so we could ask the question, well, why in the world are they in prison? Well, the answer is in 16 through 24. They're, they're out there praying and preaching, and there's this slave girl, and she has the spirit of divination, and she's able to do fortune-telling. And, uh, and so she starts following them, and she keeps crying out. It says in verse 17, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now, that was all true, but she kept crying it out, and she got on Paul's nerves. He was annoyed by that. He couldn't even do, he couldn't even pray. She just kept doing it. And so uh, it says that uh, uh, Paul, verse 18, Paul having become greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And so Paul cast the, the demon out of the slave girl because she was driving him crazy. And that was all good, except for the fact that the master of that slave girl, he was going to lose his profit because he was making money on this uh, ability that she had to, to tell the, the future. And so when the demon was gone, so was the prophet. And so he's infuriated. Uh, Verse 19 says, the owners saw that his hope for gain was gone. He seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers. And they brought these charges. They said in verse 20 that these men are disturbing the city. And, uh, and then the crowd joined in attacking them. The magistrates tore the garments off of them, gave them over to be beaten with rods. And then they're thrown into prison. And, uh, and so we pick up in verse 25, 
They're in prison, and it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. They were praying and singing hymns. And so the first thing we see is the power of prayer and praise. The power of prayer and praise. Listen, church, when we go through tough times, especially as Christians, and sometimes we aren't treated justly, when we go through those times, listen, others are watching us. And so it tells us there at the end of verse 25 that uh, the prisoners were listening to them. Now, truth be told, if that were me, and uh, I don't think they would have probably heard me singing praises. I would have probably been moaning and groaning and saying, God, look at this mess that you got me in and get me out of it and I don't like it. And that's probably what I would have been doing, I guess. But not Paul and Silas. They are praying and they are praising God. And it's a reminder to us that when we go through tough times, that's an example to follow. Uh, we can praise Him in the storms. Amen. And others take notice when we do that. And it gives us opportunity to make much of Jesus. And so verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. And it wasn't because of the bad singing. This was something, uh, God sends this earthquake. It shakes the foundations of the prison. The doors are opened and the chains come off. Listen, God can do the most miraculous things imaginable. Amen? And uh, he, He's always at work around us. We, we don't always get to see this kind of magnificent things, but God's at work. Verse uh, 27 says that when the jailer woke, he saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword, was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Now, we can say, well, why, why was he going to kill himself? Well, in the Roman world, the, if the prisoners escaped, then the, the guards were responsible for their negligence. And so they were often executed. And so since the doors were open and the chains were off, he assumed that they were all escaping. Verse 28, Paul cried out with a loud voice, don't, don't, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And the jailer's thinking, well, there's no way that they, they haven't escaped. And so verse 29, the jailer calls for lights, rushed in, trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul. And I mean, trembling with fear. I mean, there's been an earthquake. Uh, he expects the prisoners to be gone. He, he don't know what's going on, does he? And then we get to verse 30. Uh, we love this verse, don't we? And he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Listen, it's about time to throw a fit. I, I would love for someone to come down this morning and say, Brother Harold, what must I do to be saved? And listen, if you come down, then I can tell you the same thing that Paul and Silas said to this man all these years later. Believe upon the Lord Jesus, verse 31, and you'll be saved, you and your household. And church, that highlights the privilege of proclaiming Jesus. The privilege. Listen, there is nothing. I, it, there's nothing more gratifying than being able to have a God, gospel conversation with someone and how good it is when you know that God is turning on the light and He has brought about a divine appointment and they are hearing the gospel and they're believing upon Jesus. Man, there's nothing better than that. And... Uh, and so, in verse 30, we hear the cry of the lost. What must I do to be saved? In the immediate response of, to the jailer's question, what must I do to be saved, in verse 31, is believe upon the Lord Jesus. Believe upon Jesus. And, uh, and so, that's a call to believe, a call to believe in Jesus. 
Now, I really want to point out verse 32. So important. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. They spoke the word. And so the, the author of Acts is, is Luke, the physician, and he, he doesn't dictate every single thing that was said, uh, but he tells us that Paul and Silas opened the word of Christ. We know that Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. And so when we have a gospel opportunity, we want to open the Word of God and they share the gospel and tell them about who Jesus is, what Jesus did in coming to the earth, His sinless life, His death on the cross, His resurrection, His offer of salvation. All that gospel message is found in the Word of God. And so they opened the Word, they explained the life, death, resurrection, and they invited the jailer to follow Jesus now listen, it's, it's not uncommon for people to question their faith and to say, well, what exactly is, is believing upon Jesus? What, what, what does that mean? It, it seems a little simplistic. And again, that's not all they said. They, they explained the Word of God to them, uh, but the call is to believe. Uh, but again, people want to know what does it mean to believe, and so I want to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about what it means to believe in Jesus. What is faith? Specifically, what is saving faith? And so I want to give you some components of saving faith. Some components. First of all, there's knowledge. It is necessary to have some knowledge of who Jesus is and what He did for us. Uh, we, we've got to know that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, that He came to earth, He lived a sinless life, He, he went to the cross, He bore our sins, He became sin for us, He, he died, He was buried. He, you, you've got to know that. Romans ten fourteen says, How can they believe on Him on whom they've never heard? And the answer to that is they can't. And so uh, we need missionaries, and we need evangelists, and we need witnesses to go out there and proclaim Jesus. That's, that's the, the gospel. And we, we need to have an urgency about telling others about Jesus because we want them to know Christ. We, we want them to know Christ. But knowledge is not enough. And so secondly, there has to be this agreement or this approval or assent uh, to the teachings of Jesus. We, we don't just want them to know the facts, but you've got to agree that they're true. Now, there are people who say, well, listen, I believe there, there was a man named Jesus. There, there's so much evidence for that, but I just don't believe all that stuff that the Bible says. I, I don't believe that he was able to feed 5,000 with a couple of loaves and some fish, or I don't believe he was able to walk on water, or I don't believe that he was able to speak and the storm was calmed, or I, I don't believe that he rose from the dead. Listen, if you don't agree, you can't be saved. And why would you want to be saved if you, didn't, if you don't believe the, the claims of Jesus? Now, just merely knowing the facts and agreeing is, is not enough. The third component is just personal trust. When I say personal trust, I'm talking about depending upon Jesus, trusting Jesus to save you. There must be personal trust in Jesus for salvation. And so we could define saving faith as trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone for the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life with God. Trusting in Jesus alone. Now, I frequently ask people, do you, do you know for certain that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? And many people will say, well, yeah, I, I think I'm going to heaven. And so I might ask, well, 
what are you dependent on? Why would God let you into heaven? And some of the answers really have nothing to do with trusting in Jesus and Him alone. And many people will say, well, I, I believe in God. Have you ever heard that? Well, I've always believed in God. Or some people say, well, I have faith, and you try to find out what their faith is in, and it's just faith, faith in faith even. And so some of those things is not what the Bible speaks of when it talks about saving faith. In church, we need to know the difference. And so the second thing here is just there are some counterfeits to saving faith. And when I say counterfeits, there might be a better word, but there are some things that don't really prove or disprove faith. You could be a Christian, or you, you're not necessarily a Christian because you, you have some of these. And so I, I'm going to share these. I don't want you to be deceived. The first thing here is intellectual knowledge. Now, I've already said that knowledge is part of, is a component of faith, and now I'm saying that it's not necessarily. What, what I'm saying is you, you've got to have a knowledge of who Jesus is to be saved, but knowledge alone does not equal salvation. You can know all about God. You can know all about Jesus and what He did. You can know that He came to earth. He, he went to the cross. He died. He was buried. He rose again. You, you can know all those things. You can know even more details about His life. Uh, but you can still, you can understand but not have a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us in James 2.19 that even the demons believe and tremble. The demons. Now, they're not saved. But they have a knowledge of who God was. They knew that Jesus was the, the Son of God. There are people who know the Scriptures and yet are on a road that leads to hell. And so you, you will never be saved without knowledge, but knowledge by itself does not save you. The second thing is what I would call apparent morality. When I say morality, I, I'm, I'm talking about uh, there's some people that appear to be good. Uh, we could pick on Mormons. Lots of Mormons are good, moral people, honest, forthright in their dealings, kind, considerate. We all know certain people that seem pretty loving and tenderhearted, and, and yet they have no love for God. And, and so the question that we have to ask is, uh, is not are they a good person, but are they a Christ-following person? There's a big difference there, isn't it? Uh, some people can clean up their act by reformation instead of regeneration. And so outward morality it doesn't prove or disprove a relationship with Jesus. The third thing that I would add here is religious involvement. Religious involvement. There are people who are... Involved in religious activities, and yet they have no relationship with Jesus. And Paul, Paul told Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 3, 5, that there are people who have, have the appearance of godliness and yet deny its power. They are pursuing an empty kind of religion, if you will. I mean, think about Paul himself. Before he was converted on the road to Damascus, he, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a very religious man. We could say that, couldn't we? Matter of fact, he thought that by persecuting Christians that he was doing service to God, and yet he was lost until he encountered Jesus and was saved. Judas was a disciple of Jesus, and yet he was lost. We know Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 
21 through 23, Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. And Jesus goes on and says that uh, the ones that do, the, do my will, but he says that on that day many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not cast out demons in your name? And didn't we do many mighty works or wonders in your name? Didn't we do some amazing things? And what does Jesus say? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And so I, I, I just want to say, being involved in religious activities is not necessarily a proof of saving faith. For many of us, it, it could be. But relig being religious does not equal being saved. Let me share one more, and that would just be feelings. I talk to people sometimes who say something like, well, I feel like I'm okay with God, and therefore I must be a Christian. I, I feel like it. And, and I just want to say simply feeling something doesn't make it so. Now, the example I use in the first service is I, I may feel like I'm the strongest man in the world. That doesn't make it so, does it? Our, feels, our feelings can be deceptive, and, and Satan is a, a great deceiver, and, and he likes to make people think they're okay when they're not. And so there are millions of Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and Muslims and, and Christian scientists who feel like that they're on some road that leads to heaven, and yet they're deceived. It's, it's not about how you feel. Well, I like to sing Christian music, or I like to sing hymns, or uh, I, I, I pray every night. My whole church is, all, my whole family has always been in church, and so I must be saved. Or I, I feel guilty sometimes when I do something wrong. All of those, those things are, are feelings, and they can deceive us. And, and we just have to be careful. We, we can't trust our feelings. We must depend solely upon the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. There's so many counterfeits here I need to discuss. I, I mean, I'm a member of the church. I've been baptized. I, I got the note in my Bible. I got the certificate. I, 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 I'm in the choir. I tithe. I told him earlier, I hope that's not a requirement because a lot of saved people don't do that. But th there's all kinds of, that's a little humor there. Some of you, some of you caught that. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, the, the enemy, though, has lots of counterfeits to genuine saving faith. So any of those items could be proof, but they're not necessarily proof. And listen, I, I'm not trying to confuse anybody today. I, I don't want to make anybody doubt your salvation if you're a believer. Listen, if you're a believer and you have trusted in Jesus and Him alone, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. You're in the Father's hands and nothing can pluck you out of His hands. You ought to have the confidence of your salvation if you have believed in Jesus. But I want you to know for sure. And so... I want to conclude this morning with some confirmations of saving faith. Some confirmations. Here are some things that you should see in your life if you're saved. The first one is repentance. And I, I should have put genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. Heartfelt, genuine, godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3 and 5, He said that, but unless you repent, unless you turn you shall all likewise perish. And so, listen, if you say that you love God, then you will have to hate your sin because 
sin offends God. Sin separates us from God. It was sin that caused Jesus to have to die on the cross. And, and so you cannot love God without hating that which he hates the most, sin. Again, I'll, I'll try to be careful here. I, I'm not saying you can't sin. We all sin. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you hate your sin because God hates sin. And so repentance means to acknowledge our sin, forsake our sins, turn from our sins, and follow Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you think you're saved, can I ask you, have you repented of your sins? Do you regularly turn from your sins and follow after Jesus? Secondly, I would put love here. And when I say love, I'm talking about love for God and love for others. Saving faith is, is really a, it's a hard issue. It's a whole being issue, really. Romans 8, 7 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. The mind that's set on the flesh is an enemy of God, but the, the, the regenerate heart and mind is set to love the Lord. And we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We're to love God. And so, do you love God more than anything or anybody else? Listen, supreme love for God, I believe, is the decisive evidence of true faith. Supreme love for God. And then that love leads to love for others. And so John 13, 35, by this all men, all people will know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And so we see that demonstrated by this jailer. Notice verse 33. And he took them that same hour of the night, in the middle of the night, and he washed their wounds. Now, again, they'd been beaten with, with rods. God saves him, and he begins to care about the needs of others. Now, listen, an unregenerate, an unsaved jailer could care less about the prisoners. Amen? Yeah. A third confirmation of saving faith is obedience. John 14, 21 says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, whoever has my commandments and, and obeys, basically, it's him that loves me. And so what do you think Paul and Silas told the jailer to do after he believed upon Jesus? Well, what's the first act of obedience when you believe upon Jesus? Get baptized? Did somebody say that? Yeah. Believe in, yeah. And so verse 33 says, and he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. And so they, they all believed. They opened the word to him, and they shared the gospel, and the jailer believed, his family believed, and, and as soon as they got the opportunity, they went and were baptized. And listen, if you say that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then the question is, have you been baptized? Are you walking in obedience if you're here this morning, you say, well, I've trusted in Jesus. I've not ever been baptized. Listen, we'll go get baptized at the end of the service, okay? The water's in there. It's warm. Samantha, I think it's warm, isn't it? Yeah. Follow the Lord in baptism. Does that save you? No. No. But it's an act of obedience. And if you have saving faith and you want to obey Jesus. And, uh, and in verse 34, then he brought them into his house and he set food before them. I mean, we could probably add hospitality to this list, couldn't we? God, God so changes our hearts that we want to love and 
welcome others. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Listen, if you're saved, then you should live with joy and rejoicing. I think that maybe is the fourth confirmation is just joy, the joy of the Lord. And listen, we all know that life can be tough sometimes, and, and sometimes we are treated unjustly, and life isn't always fair, and yet we can live with the joy of the Lord, knowing that our God is just. He is, isn't He? Vengeance is His. We don't have to worry about getting revenge, because He said, I'll take care of that in Romans 12. We realize that this is not our home. We're just passing through, that God is preparing for us an eternal place. And so we don't have to be overwhelmed by the circumstances. We can live with joy. That's the reason that Paul and Silas were able to, to pray and sing even after they'd been beaten and were thrown into jail. And let me add one more, and that last one would just be spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. If you're a true Christian, you're going to be growing and becoming more like Jesus. Now, I, we all should admit, there'll be some ups and downs there, right? We, we go, but if you're a believer, you should be growing in your faith. The Bible says that the Spirit is going to move us from one level of glory to the next. That He is working in our lives to make us more and more like Jesus. And so you look at your life, and do you see any spiritual growth? Again, some ups and downs here, but there ought to be a trajectory of growth. And, and so do you see a decrease in your frequency of sin? Do you see an increase in your love and devotion to God? Do you see evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Are you growing in holiness? You ought to see some growth. And if you don't see any growth, you ought to be a little concerned. Now, I've spent a little extra time this morning talking about saving faith and what it looks like. Let me just get back to the bottom line. The bottom line, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved. And so if you're here this morning and you're, you're, you're lost or maybe have questions, listen, you, you just admit you're a sinner. Acknowledge that you're a sinner, your sin separates you from God, and believe upon Jesus and His sacrifice for your sins, and, and just confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Confess that Jesus died for your sins, and that you want to turn from that sin and believe upon Jesus and His sacrifice and His resurrection, and you could be saved. And that's the good news. Listen, every one of you, you, you might be terrified of sharing your faith. Listen, you know that story. You can go out there and tell someone about the work of Jesus, and if they'll turn from their sins and believe, they can be saved. We can all tell that. If, if you've been saved, you should be able to tell the story of the gospel. Now, before we end, I was just thinking about verse 27. If I'd been in prison, and God sent an earthquake, and the doors were open, and my chains fell off, I would probably have one thing on my mind. Yeah. That's right. Getting out. As soon as them doors open, soon as I'm getting out. But listen, Paul and Silas, they saw a gospel opportunity as more important than their freedom. And if you keep reading, God took care of the rest. If We didn't read verse 35. But when it was day, the magistrate sent the police saying, let those men go. And so the doors were open, the chains fell off, and, and Paul says, oh, we're still here. They got a gospel opportunity. They got to share the good news with the jailer. He 
repented and believed, he and his family, and, and the next morning God got them out anyway. And it quickly becomes apparent that God had them in prison so that the jailer and his family would hear the gospel and be saved. Do you ever think that maybe God has you where you are so that somebody might hear the gospel and be saved? Do you ever think that maybe that's why you work where you work even though you hate where you're working? Or maybe you... You ever think that God wants to use you to share the good news? Churches, allow Him to use you for that purpose. And trust Him for the outcome. You know, they, they passed up their freedom that night. And the Lord provided the next morning. He'll do the same for you. Just trust Him for the outcome. And maybe, maybe God brought you here today. Maybe you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you weren't planning on coming. But maybe God's got you here today. Maybe He's got you listening today because He wants you to know that if you'll believe upon the Lord Jesus, you can be saved. And it's my privilege this morning to invite you to trust Jesus and call you to faith. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this glorious gospel. And I pray that you might save someone today. Father, there might be someone here today who, man, they've been wrestling with this for a while and maybe they've had questions about what faith looks like or maybe they've just thought, well, I've always believed in God and yet they've never really had a relationship with Jesus. I pray that their eyes would be open today and I pray you would help them to know that they're lost and that they're invited to be saved through faith today in Jesus. Lord, I pray you would give assurance to those who are genuinely believers Lord, I pray that as your followers that we would walk in obedience. If there's any that's not been baptized, I pray that they would take that step of faith. Lord, if there's any who are living in disobedience, living in sin, I pray that they would turn from that and follow Jesus. And Lord, I pray that as a, as a church that, that we would see opportunities around us to be able to tell people about Jesus and just to trust you with the outcome. Lord, you call us just to be faithful. We can't save anybody, but we can share the gospel. And we can answer questions, and we can open the word together. And Lord, I pray you would be doing a work in our lives to give us confidence in your word and in your gospel to save to the uttermost. And I pray even in these next few minutes that you might save someone. And we'll give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand? If you're lost this morning, just a simple invitation, believe upon Jesus. And it would be my privilege to, to answer any questions you might have about what that means. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you might be here this morning and uh, there's some area of disobedience, some area of sin you need to do business with God, do that. You can do it at your seat. You can come and pray. If I can pray with you, I'll be glad to do that. I just want to invite you for the next few minutes to respond in obedience. Have you been baptized? Are you walking in obedience? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If, if you can't answer yes to those questions, I, I'd love to help you. And if you'd like to partake of the Lord's Supper, you're welcome to do that. If you'd like to come and pray for someone, do that this morning.
Amen. We can amen. The Father's love is awesome. Amen. Amen. Able to save to the uttermost. Uh, listen, God can save in a jailhouse, in the workplace, at school. And so you share the good news and uh, rejoice in His great salvation. 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So good to see you guys this morning. It's a good-looking group. Bibles. Oh, Bibles. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, Samantha and Maddie, will you all come and get these Bibles? I forgot about that. Thank you all. I forget these all the time. We have a Bible and a certificate of baptism. This first one is for Samantha. We're so thankful for you guys. God bless you. Maddie, we have one for you. And uh, God bless you. You're welcome. You all pray for them as they walk with the Lord. And uh, again, next Sunday, 3 o'clock, we'll pray, start packing materials to take the gospel to the homes. And I uh, want to let you know about that. Uh, next steps, if anybody wants to stay and learn more about the church, uh, we'll even feed you. And, uh, and so, not, not everybody, but uh, <laughs> if you want to know more, we'd love for you to come and meet the staff and answer your questions. Now, let me mention Krissa. Uh, some of you have asked about her. Uh, she started her chemo. She had three days of chemo. She'll have three days, and then she'll be off 21 days. Uh, she's done incredibly well this week. Uh, she had some deterioration in her femur, and they suggested putting in a rod. And she said, I feel like it. And so she had that done Friday and uh, was able to go home. And uh, she just said she's so thankful for your prayers that uh, have got her through all that. And she's just been incredibly uh, uplifting to me just to talk to her this week. But pray for her. And I, I know her Bible study group is arranging some meals. Uh, she's going to have a long journey. And, uh, but thank you for praying for her. And Danny, I'll let you close for us, brother. Just like every week, Dollar Club, the clear box on the way out. The offering boxes are the dark ones. They say offering on them. You can't miss them. And it was awesome to see you guys. Um, let's pray together. Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house. Lord, we just thank you for just the opportunity that we're going to get to go tell someone about Jesus Christ and his saving grace and what he's done in our lives. And, and Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, be with those who, who need you this week, which is just those people who are going through treatments and, and having operations and sick and recovering, Lord, or just going through a bad um, diagnosis. We just want to lift all of those members of our church and our community up to you who need your strength this week. Lord, we know that you are able to do that. And we ask you to do it. Be with us as we go throughout our week to our jobs and to school and all of the places that we go, Lord, and help us to just recognize opportunities to talk to someone about, about your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Wow.